0: One of the residual effects of the financial crisis is a deep distrust of financial institutions, especially large ones. And it's difficult to argue that the public's trust isn't well-earned in many cases. But many times, the remedies I hear bandied about sound like a line taken from the French Revolution where the crowd starts yelling, OFF WITH THEIR HEADS! Now, one solution to stumping your toe is to cut off the offending foot. Upon further examination, however, most would reject that solution as far worse than the actual problem. When we hear about crooked cops, predatory preachers, fraudulent financial advisors, or corrupt politicians, our first inclination may be, throw the whole lot of them out. The problem is that a society without police protection, spiritual leadership, Financial wisdom or representative democracy is not much of a society. Remember back in the sixth grade when the substitute teacher would leave the room just for a minute? Nah, wasn't pretty then, it won't be pretty today. So why do we have financial institutions anyway? Is it just so some fat cats can get fatter? No, financial institutions exist to bring borrowers and lenders together efficiently. The reason any economy works is because somebody is somehow producing something that somebody else wants. To make that something, whether it's a computer or an evening out or a pair of pants or a music recording or an automobile, the producer needs money to get started. And where does she get it? From you, from me. You and I have all the money. Okay, you and me and a few other folks. We're the lenders. We call ourselves savers when we put money in a bank, but what we're actually doing is lending our money through a bank to a borrower, maybe a business person who wants to write a computer software program that we will eventually buy. The simplest way I know to explain what a financial institution does is to bring together a large number of lenders, that's us the savers, and a large number of borrowers, that's the business people, so that both risks and costs are reduced for both parties. Financial institutions are primarily aggregators. They do in large numbers what we can't do or won't do on our own. A mutual fund brings together large numbers of people to achieve greater diversification than we would typically obtain on our own. A bank uses large numbers to achieve distribution of capital from savers to business people through the facility of deposits and loans. Civilization happens when we figure out ways to work together so that we can create societal synergy. The result of our actions together is much greater than the sum of our individual actions taken apart. We're infinitely better off as a society with financial institutions than without them. But just because we need financial institutions doesn't mean that we should trust them blindly. Financial institutions operate in their own self-interest, just like you do. It's just that in many cases, they know what they're doing maybe a little bit better than you and I do. One key to a healthy relationship with a financial institution is a financial plan. When you're a hammer, Abraham Maslow said, you tend to treat everyone else like a nail. When you're a bank, it's understandable that everyone looks like a potential depositor to you. If you're an investment company, perhaps the world looks like one big investor." But you're not a saver only, or an investor only, or anything else only. You're a complex human being with diverse needs put together with a unique fact pattern. Financial institutions are sometimes run by good guys, sometimes bad. But all of them have a plan to make things better for themselves. The best way to deal effectively with any of them starts with a carefully crafted plan of your own. Offering you wisdom on wealth, I'm Byron Moore.